welcome to the Geeking Poetic Podcast channel. On this channel, we have shows and segments that contain adult humor, bad language, dirty jokes, and other stuff that is strictly for mature audiences only. So if you're too young or too sensitive for this kind of material, then please do not watch our channel or our videos. This channel is not for you. Thanks much. And now, on with the show! About to fall over. And welcome, everybody, to another episode, at long last, of Geeking Poetic Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Larry Roberts. The uh, blue meanie in the middle over here. I'm the meanie, right. Well, you know, you're always bossing me around and shit. Somebody needs to. Yeah, I suppose so. It is my co-host and none other than... Megan Guess. And you may notice that... It, it, either, Vito grew some hair. Yeah, either Vito grew a lot of hair, yeah. got a little bit shorter, or blue eyes now. Yeah, yeah. blue eyes. Are we drinking drinking some Stellas and everything? Know. You know, it is not Vito. Vito is not here. Uh, we are gonna we've we've talked for so long about having guests on the show and everything, and uh, for the topic we're talking about tonight, Vito is just sort of like, yeah, you know, I ain't got much to say about it. <laughs> he hasn't he hasn't learned a lot to say about things. Wasn't feeling it. You know, lately, so. Who better than to get uh, my friend and resident Tarantino fan? None other than I'm not even going to name all the bands you're in because <laughs> he's he, you play drums for like literally like thirty bands. Yeah, it's like seven or eight now. Yeah, somewhere That's between close. seven and thirty. Yeah, yeah, seven somewhere. And 30. In, yeah, <laughs> at any given time. It is none other than Gary Naples. Say hello, Gary. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, this is cool, man. Like we've we've been doing this now for shit, oh, three years, over three years. Wow, almost four years. That's so we, weird. Yeah, we started this in the spring of 2018. So, it took us almost four years to finally lure you somebody had a in. Guest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we suckered I'm somebody finally. <laughs> <laughs> so, what we're here to talk about today is, uh, if you didn't guess by looking at the you know title. title and everything and all that stuff we're talking about one of our favorite directors arguably one of the most important directors of our entire generation and that is quentin tarantino um what's interesting about this is even though we all like tarantino i you know from talking to you guys and you know me interjecting my thoughts and everything i've come to find a couple things one i'm gonna i don't know i honestly don't know what your lists are I have some assumptions about a couple things because I know you guys, but I don't know like the placement and what you're going to say about it. So what, what I am curious to see is how different our reasons are and how different our choices are. Because I know like even just talking to you, like you and I like Tarantino movies for very different reasons. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah. The stuff that I like and I think is cool is very different from the stuff you tend to like or what draws you in from them. And Gary's probably somewhere in the middle, I'm going to guess, from the things that you've told me about. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. What <laughs> He's like, I got, got no idea what you guys I, want. Yeah. I, well, I got no idea what your guys' reasons for liking them are. Well, so. like, for example, just kind of setting it up so if you people want to try to guess 
like what are some of our choices are going to be before we list them. It's like I, I am generally not a, a um a super ultra violent kind of person. I'm not a fan of like hyper violence. Like I don't like movies like Hostel and Saw. You know, I hate all that kind of garbage and shit. But when it comes to Tarantino movies, the violence is fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really really good and I have reasons for why this is like the exception and you know, as compared to like a slasher horror serial killer whatever fucking movie. Yeah. Meg does not like that part of it. Yeah, I'm not so big into the violence. I mean, I get why you think that right. for yourself, but I still, I just still don't like all the violence. Yeah. I'm not huge into that. So on my list, I think definitely shows that. Yeah. I, I yeah, I had a hard time with this one. Yeah. Because there's some movies I saw and I really enjoyed them, mm-hmm. but I just, I don't think I could put them in my top five because I don't think I would, they would be my go-tos to rewatch over and over again. Right. For that reason, okay, because I just can't do all the violence. Yeah. Now, what about you, Gear? Like, what what would you say are sort of your your parameters for like what makes like a better Tarantino film than another? Um, that's a good question. Um, I guess um, one is the vibe of the movie. Okay. That, yeah. Like, I think um, the ones I like the most, I like the vibe of the most. Okay. The whole atmosphere of the movie. Um, they all definitely have their own. Yeah, individual exactly. vibes. Totally. I, yeah, you're you're right on that. Yeah. So um, that's probably my biggest thing. Other than um, stuff to go along with that would be like dialogue. Okay. Um, yeah, and the violence is it doesn't sway me one way or the other. Okay. Although maybe in one or two of them it is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so that might help it a little bit. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, that's not like a, a, a be end end all. Um, it's not a deal breaker, but yeah. it's not a deal maker. Exactly. Right. So that's yeah. what I said. See, I yeah, thought he was I'm, kind I'm of in the middle. Of yeah, you're right. I, I want to right. see the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's you called kind of, that one. Right. Yes. Yeah. See, I know. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> I know. What, I know a thing or two. But just from talking to you guys so much about it, because like I said, this is something we've been cooking up for a little while now. Um, I've I've wanted to do Tarantino for ages because we've done other. We've done you know Spielberg and we've done Stephen King and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and which I love and everything, but. We have this tendency on the show to to gravitate more towards that kind of stuff. It always is more towards like sci-fi, horror, you know, suspense, mm-hmm. a- action kind of things. Whereas like we've never really done anything like this, you know, this sort of um, more kind of like comedy, action, more dialogue driven films and stuff like that. Our yeah. stuff is always, you know... A lot of it usually tends to revolve around like Vito being like, there's this amazing scene where everybody on the ship gets their head fucking decapitated at the With same acid. time. You know, or yeah, I, I voted for this movie because somebody got dipped it's in acid. Vito. Yeah. Vito I don't know what it is. <laughs> a, that's a Vito movie. It totally is. And we love that. That's great. We love Vito for that. But mm-hmm. that's why it just, it didn't really work for, for Tarantino for and stuff. Yeah. So I'm super excited to get into this. So I don't want to waste too much time you know bleeding around the bush so to speak because i will do that everybody that knows us and you guys know i'll do that but what i do want (laughs) what i do want to do here is um we're going to explain what the parameters were for our choices because it gets tricky with tarantino because tarantino's had his 
you know, he's got his hands in a lot of pot. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And he's done a lot of things. There's things where he just wrote movies. There's things where he just acted in movies. There's mm-hmm. things where he just produced them. And so what we did to make this a little bit easier to narrow down and stuff um, is that we chose obviously his main nine films that, you know, starting with uh, Reservoir Dogs up through Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Obviously, those all qualify, but the only other movies that could possibly qualify was that they had to meet at least two requirements. Uh, It couldn't just be one. So it was like it had to be something where he wrote and directed it or he produced and directed it or produced and wrote it or directed and wrote or directed and acted in it like Mm -hmm. so that added in a couple other movies um that sort of go outside of that nine i know no spoilers here but none of those other like outside movies made my list there's some great ones uh oh, Meg. Did any make on, on your list? Maybe no, I don't think they did. No. no? Oh, okay. Interesting. Not, not on mine. So All right, then. <laughs> now we may still talk about those movies, and and what we're going to do here. I figure this is the way we've done it this way before, and I think it's the the most efficient way of doing this. <laughs> is we will go around, and we're going to. I'll just kind of briefly say, we'll start with Gary and he'll say, all right, my number five movie is what this, whatever. And then you say my number five, we'll do number fives. And then we're going to go and just list them all. Number fours, number threes, number twos, number ones. And then I think we will talk about all the movies. Anyone's missing? Because I have a, yeah. And, and we'll or, just, you know, yeah, we'll talk just about talk about then. all of them in general. We'll get okay. the, we'll get the mm-hmm. list out there right away. So you don't have to wait until an hour and a half from now to find out what number one is. <laughs> we I think we'll, ever do that. Well, and I just, because I think it's better to do it this way because I have a feeling like say something that might be my number five might be Gary's number one. Oh yeah. There's going to be a lot of crossover. So, I think. Right. So I don't want to like all of a sudden steal all that thunder. You know, I was thinking maybe we would just talk about all of them and then or announce all, all of them, list them, and, and then talk we'll about talk it. about okay. all of them and we can kind of talk about whether we like it or don't like it and just do it that way. It'll be easier. Okay. Everybody good with that? that? Yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. All right. So without any further ado, we're going to list this. Number five, obviously, will be our least favorite and number one will be the most favorite. So Gary, what is your number five choice? My number five, the one I had at number five was... And this was so hard. Uh, uh-huh. Kill Bill was number five for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. A- any particular one, or is he just lump uh, together? Well, we I, that was another thing we said, too. Kill Bill is going to be one movie for this, right? Uh, well, no. Uh, oh, oh okay. yeah, No, it, it is. No. It potentially is. It could be, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Okay. For it's me, your choice, Gary. Yeah, for me, I considered it one movie. Okay. Yeah, as, as do I. Megan does not. Okay. She has very different opinions on the two halves. Okay. Fair so. enough. <laughs> All right, so so Gary is saying Kill Bill 1 and 2 is your number 5. Yep. Megan, what is your number 5? I went with The Hateful Eight. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Interesting. Number 5. Wow. Yeah. I'm surprised it was that far uh, down. Down the list? Okay. Okay. And my number 5 is Jackie Brown. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Jackie Brown made it made it in there. That's I needed the rewatch. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bunch of these movies we had to like rewatch and refresh because like, even though even some that I've seen a bunch of times, it's like, man, I haven't watched that in like 10 years or something. So there was a lot of refreshing and uh, a lot of shuffling around in my list. I know. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Oh, big time. So. All right. So number fives are Kill Bill one and two, uh, Hateful Eight. Eight and Jackie Brown. See, that's that's a pretty 
diverse mix right there just mm-hmm. with our number fives all right gary number four then uh number four i had pulp fiction wow 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 yeah. okay <laughs> and see i have a, i told you i had a feeling <laughs> these were gonna be all over the place i'm already guessing megan what's your number four i went number four jackie brown oh okay all right cool my number four is oh, man even now, looking at this, I, I feel like... No, you is, can't change it. You I know, I know, I know. <laughs> so you wrote it down. I know. But I just, it's just like looking at this, because all these, all five of these movies are fucking amazing. So it's like putting <laughs> this at number four. My number four is Django Unchained. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yes. That's a fucking great movie, but... Yeah, it is. Yeah. Some had to be number four. So, okay. All right. So you were Pulp, uh, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Yep. You were Jackie, Jackie Brown, and I'm uh, Django. Unchained. Okay. All right. This is already very interesting to me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Gary, number three. Um, what, number three, I had Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, wow. okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Megan. Uh, I went with Kill Bill 2. Uh, two. Yeah. She's okay. very adamant about that. You can see in here. And she's like, it's two. Two. Well, how about you? Okay, well, my number three, again, th- this th- my choices between number two and three was the toughest, I'll have to say. This went back and forth and back and forth. My number three is Inglorious Bastards. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah. So, Gary, you were... Um, I was Once Upon a Time. I'm in Hollywood. Yep. You're Kill Bill 2. two. And I'm an Inglorious Bastard. Yes, you are. <laughs> you know... You're asking for it. You, All right. You started it. Yeah, I did. I know. <laughs> um, number two, Gary. Um, I had Inglorious Bastards. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. That's because I said that's that was mm-hmm. the way it was for me too. Megan, you're number two. Oh gosh, I want to switch my one and two back and forth. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No, you can't do it. You made your choice. Uh, it's got to <laughs> stay where it is. Just dishing it right back out. Yeah, you sure the fuck are. <laughs> you, you can knock that off right now. I will stick to my number two then with yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Wow. Okay. okay. Damn. <laughs> I well, almost went number two with that one too. Did you? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and that's funny because same here because I said I was going back and forth and Glorious Bastards was my number three, but number two is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Nice. So we all seem to be kind of close on the same. Yeah, we're got it all same page with there. with that. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we're down to number one. And Gary, what is your number one? I went with Jackie Brown, oh, which yeah. you probably assumed. That one I kind of knew because <laughs> I know how big of a fan you are. Megan, what's your number one? I went with Pulp Fiction. Okay, wow. And my number one, which is going to be no surprise to anybody because I'm wearing the fucking T-shirt, is Kill Bill 1 and 2. <laughs> so it's funny. So my number one was your number five, wasn't it? Yep. And... My number five is your number yeah. one. So that's that's total opposite ends of the spectrum. But <laughs> again, I mean, we'll talk about this obviously in depth now, but I mean, none of these movies, like every single one of these in this five, I'm, I feel very strongly about. They're all fucking amazing. It's just something had to be number five and something had to be number one. You know, yeah, Even the ones I left out, I didn't like leaving yeah, out. Sure. I really like The Hateful Eight, but I just couldn't. Fit it. Couldn't fit, fit it, it in, in, right? Well, <laughs> that's how. If we had a top ten, you could fit. Yeah, exactly. We could fit all. Yeah, totally. Kill I, Bill could be two movie stuff. Too. Exactly. Yeah, and you could get like more 
technical about it and stuff. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm fine with Kill Bill one and two being together because even though I, I I guess if I had to choose, I would if I have to choose which one I like better, I like part one better. Which obviously you completely disagree because you didn't even list part one. No. Mm-mm. Wow. Okay. But <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th- I have a feeling it's going to go back to what we were just talking about earlier yes, about the things that we do and don't like about about yep. some of the Tarantino films. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I've, you know, I'm sure people at home, I mean, they're going to look at my list and because I said Jackie Brown, Django and Glorious Bastards, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Kill Bill. So there's no Pulp Fiction on my list. Yep. What is that about? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get into it when we discuss Pulp Fiction. All right, fine. And uh, and regrettably, because it would be on my list, there's no Reservoir Dogs, you know, which was the first and a lot of people's first movie they ever saw of him because it was, it was his first big movie, you know, that he did. Um, but yeah, it just it got it got edged out there by Jackie, and just and I, mm-hmm. I and I feel good about it, you know. You feel good about yeah, it? I do. Okay. I feel real good about it. I feel good about this list now. So. Now but, that you said it out loud, you you feel good about <laughs> not switching things around anymore. Yeah. So, all right. So it doesn't, you know, why don't we just, why don't we just go through, we'll talk about all the movies um, chronologically. Okay. So even the ones that didn't make our list. So obviously, like we said, we had Reservoir Dogs that came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what year did that come out? I need to look that up because I always forget. I, I can never remember if it's 92 or 93. It's 92. So Reservoir Dogs came out in 92. Obviously, as most people know, uh, you know, he had done some uh, writing and some acting and stuff for, before that. But this was like his first real foray into directing and writing and doing the whole, yeah. the whole thing. I think it's a great movie. I really love that movie. Like I said, I saw that one at the theater uh, just not long. At, you know, I was at the ripe age of 19 or whatever the fuck I was when that <laughs> came out. I'm not going to ask Gary what age he was because he was very young. Are you still in diapers? Yeah. No, no, no. I was, he was in grade been, school. 93, I was seven. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were in like uh, grade school. 93, I was 13. Oh, junior high. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so very different, <laughs> very different ages there. You know, yeah. I was already well out of high school and stuff. Um, So for me, that movie, I, I recently rewatched it. And the reason it didn't make my list is because even though I still very much enjoy it, it shows its age a little bit. Yeah. And it, it was one of those ones. I, I, I was talking about this with Zach, uh, your guitar player the other night. <laughs> yeah. I was talking about this with him the other night and stuff. Cause he was really surprised when I told him I wouldn't put reservoir dogs on my list. And the way I explained it was, it reminds me of a lot of those directors, even like say Kevin Smith and stuff like with Clerks and everything. That's another movie that came out right about the same time that I fucking loved. And at the time, both of those movies were very groundbreaking in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, introducing that whole kind of heavy dialogue, you know, uh, a lot of referential stuff referring mm-hmm. to 70s and 80s pop culture shit. Loved it. It was great. I think the problem is, is when I look at Reservoir Dogs now and I watch it, I see a lot of the warts and wrinkles on it. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, yeah, Quentin, it's an amazing first movie, mm-hmm. but it's very much a first movie. Yeah. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Like it, it, it doesn't hold up, I think, as well as some of the other movies like mm-hmm. a Pulp Fiction or, or Jackie Brown and stuff like his, his writing, his whole style just got so much more finessed. Of course it did. Yeah. 
it's kind of like a really good demo, you know, like an yeah. old, like an old metal metal demo. Like I remember, like when the the Cynic demo came out back in like '90 or whatever it was, the the Florida death metal band Cynic. You're just gonna have to deal with it. You got some metal people here, folks. If you now, I'll explain as best as I can. When that demo came out, I mean, I, I even now, like I can listen to it and be like, God, this was brilliant. This is like amazing. It's really cool. But when you compare it to where they went, yeah, a few years later once they got better and they really finessed it and had more money and more time and more experience and what they did with focus and their, you know, other albums, you go, Oh yeah, that, that's such a better version of this band. I'd still, still admire that demo, but it just, you listen to it and you're like, yeah, it's a demo. That's sort of how I feel. Maybe that's a little unfair to reservoir dogs because reservoir dogs is still a very entertaining movie, but I just, it just, it couldn't compare to these other movies for me. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. Yeah. He did a lot of the stuff that he did in that movie better later on. Exactly. Even in the next movie, Pulp Fiction. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I almost feel like Pulp Fiction, even though there are different movies, I feel like Pulp Fiction is like the more realized version of what he was trying to do with Reservoir Dogs, you know what okay. I mean? That's how I feel about it. So Anyway, I don't know if you guys have anything you want to throw in there about Reservoir Dogs, talk about it or No, I yeah, I agree. Um, okay. That I, I've watched it recently too, and it's it's a great movie. It's great, but it's yeah, yeah it's entertaining, or for me at least, is the others. Yeah, yeah, pretty much all of the others. Agreed. Yeah, I yeah, just about yeah, just about man. I I pretty much agree with that. I know there's some people at home. They're like, you're out of your fucking mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Reservoir Dogs has its fans, man, and and rightfully yeah. rightfully so. But yeah, that's that's just kind of why. Um, the next movie that came out, which was, I mean, that was your number one, wasn't it? It was my number one. It was Pulp Fiction, 1994. Yeah. Now, why would this be your number one? Because this was my first movie I ever saw by Quentin Tarantino. Okay. So it's so, got that allure to it. Exactly. It's my first, so it's got to be my first. Yeah. He popped my cherry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I and I just, I, I don't know. I just love the story and the comedy that goes with it. Yeah. I just love the way it's told. And there's not, I mean, there's violence, but it's not like all about the violence. No. I mean, they're not bashing people's heads in and shit. No. Blowing them off, but. Yeah. On accident. It was totally an accident. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's different. Yeah. No. Somehow. It's, yeah. The, the violence in that movie is done really well to keep like the story going and everything and is also like the, uh, the whole scene. Um, Which character? With Bruce Willis. Oh, yeah, yeah. taken okay. hostage. Oh, right. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Dude. Oh, Jesus there's... Christ. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. So funny. And the gimp. <laughs> yeah, and the gimp. That's, and all that. That's what yeah. I was trying to think. That's here. what I was thinking when you were saying about <laughs> about this movie popping your cherry. I'm like, just as long as it wasn't the gimp. No. No, thank God. It wasn't, <laughs> wasn't that like that at all. But. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants their cherry popped by the gimp. No. It's no. Just, no good comes from that. No. Yeah, this movie, again, it didn't, it, it didn't make my list because um, there was always something about it that it never really connected to me as a full, complete story. I don't, I, it's hard to explain. I've come to like this movie much more in recent years, but when I first saw it, for some reason, even though I acknowledge, like I said, I liked things about it, some things about it I could see like, oh, this is done better than it was with Reservoir Dogs. As an overall story, I didn't care for the story as much hmm. as I did the Reservoir Dogs story. 
that story like grabbed me more. I felt like there was, I really liked the tension of Reservoir Dogs, whereas this movie has tension too, but it's, it's more funny, I yeah, guess, yeah. more cartoonish. And that's right up my alley. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, to me, so. And, and I love it when he's driving in the car, singing along. <laughs> and he runs at him, he's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> he runs him over and then donuts go over. I, yeah. I don't know. That is definitely right up my alley. That is so up your alley. Yeah. Like, it, where's no. Zed? Zed's dead, baby. <laughs> yeah. Now that you're explaining it all, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a Meg film. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Well, plus the cast. I mean, it's got Travolta. Yes. Love it. You know, it's got yeah. Bruce Willis in it, which you, you like Bruce Willis. I love so. Bruce Willis. Yeah. yeah and Best everything. Christmas movie ever. Oh, God. Really? <laughs> That's got to fucking get back into this? Of course. It's almost Christmas. I've, I give up. <laughs> Everybody, should. if you don't know at home, I, it's a constant battle with me and pretty much the rest of the world that I... I love Die Hard. I don't consider it a Christmas movie. And you're wrong, but that's okay. It's set during the holidays, but it's it's not a Christmas movie. Whatever but you need to tell I, me. I know. It's I get a Christmas I, movie. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Me. It's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe the best Christmas movie. Oh. Of all time. <laughs> 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 yeah. Fucking. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyway. Anyway, so I yeah, I just give up on that. I know I know I'm definitely in the minority when it comes to that one. Yeah, Samuel Jackson's in it. Awesome. Uma Thurman. It's Uma her introduction Thurman. into the uh Quentin verse. You know, yeah. Yeah. And everything. I'm I'm a big, big Uma Thurma Uma Thurman fan, so uh not that I can pronounce her name apparently. <laughs> but I'm a big fan of her, not just in Tarantino, but just across the board. So I love her part. I think that you know, there's parts of Pulp Fiction that I think are just totally sublime and I and I adore. But that's a movie and why it didn't make this list, because that's a movie that I'm actually okay just watching in parts. Like there's certain parts and things that I'm like, not that any of it's bad, but there's just parts where I'm just like, yeah, I can get up and walk out and go make a snack, you know, during this. But then I want to come back and see this part. The other movies in my list, there are no breaks. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I am just sucked in from beginning to end. Pulp Fiction, I don't feel that way about and everything. So, but again, still a fucking great movie. It's got a lot of um, uh, signature scenes, too, the whole... Oh, yeah. You know, the adrenaline shot scene. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is great. Shooting Marvin in the face in the car. <laughs> yeah. No, it, The whole scene with Harvey Keitel, or the whole part of the yes. movie with Har- Harvey Keitel's character is amazing, the wolf. Yeah, yeah the wolf. <laughs> no, don't, again, like I said, don't get me wrong. It, it, no, there's nothing in that... Uh, you know, there's certain aspects of the whole gimp scene I could do without... But aside from that, um, but but I mean, no, there's nothing bad about it. I'm just saying it's one of those movies that, yeah, I almost because it's so individual scene driven. You know what I mean? It's it's almost not skits exactly, but you know what I mean? It's not quite as it doesn't feel quite as cohesive as the other movies. Yeah. It's like a bunch of really amazing skits and Mm -hmm. scenes and stuff. I know it does tie together in a way Mm -hmm. at the end of it. Yeah. But I feel like that's how a lot of his movies are yeah agreed because they're so chopped up and all over the place yeah no Mm -hmm. yeah non-linear yeah Mm -hmm. i mean i agree it's again like i said it's it's not that i even have a problem with the non-linear aspect of it Mm -hmm. or anything like that because all his films are like that to some degree or many of them are at least but i it's just again it's a great movie it just it just couldn't it it wasn't an it's not a strong enough overall story for my taste to make my top five. That's that's basically it. So. I suppose that's fair. Yeah. 
it's wrong, but it's fair. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> so, ready to move on to the next one? Yes. All right. Well, the next one, I know I got, well, I think all three of us will have a lot to say about this one. Next one is 1997's Jackie Brown. My number one. Yeah, that was yeah. Gary's number one. So, go into it, Gary. Like, why is this number one of all of them? Um, you know, it, I just have always loved that movie. It's always been like a movie. I watch that movie at least a few times a year. Yeah. Which I don't really do with a lot of movies. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot of movies I watch regularly. Okay. Um, or at all. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I just love that movie. Like like I said earlier, the vibe of the movie is... Uh, I it's just a, love the way it kind of rolls along. And, um, it's a vibey movie. Yeah, yeah, the characters are great. The music's great. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just always been my favorite. Yeah. Uh, I just love the story behind it and... Yeah, the characters are great. Pam Greer is amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. She is so fucking amazing. That's one of the things I really love about... One of the things I really love about this movie is, I mean, I love the fact that Quentin, you know, because he's pretty fearless. You know, I mean, that's definitely one thing we can give him is he's not really afraid to do just about anything. Yeah. He wants to do it. And he did something that just about no other director in Hollywood would have done then especially a young one i mean maybe you'd get a scorsese or somebody who might do this but he just was i mean pam greer hadn't really done anything in a yeah, while a lot of yeah we're like really you're gonna cast her right exactly i mean she was surprised and to he's be like cast. I, I wrote it for you what are you talking about which from what i understand she was just ab absolutely fucking stunned about was like because she read the script yeah. not realizing that she was jackie she thought she might be one of the other Sharonda or one of those characters. And he was like, no, you're Jackie Brown. She's like, holy shit. <laughs> and I mean, and I can't imagine anybody else being Jackie Brown. Yeah, she was perfect. Fucking perfect for it. Like she had this like no, nothing. Everything she did was just like slightly understated. Mm -hmm. And it made it real. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't feel like she was overacting. When she'd get mad and intense, it wasn't, like, totally flying off the hand. It was, like, how you... I don't know. It felt real to me. And when and just, like, when she... She was scary. Yeah, she could be scary. <laughs> she was very conniving and fucking smarter than everybody else in the movie, pretty pretty much. Um, but, you know, just the fact that, that he took the chance on hiring her, hiring Robert Forster, and getting him, because he was doing, like, nothing. He got He had to track... Uh, Quentin had to track him down. He was working at like, I forget, I where the fuck he was working. He was working at like a tire barn or some, oh. so, or a car wash or something oh, wow. like that. I mean, he was basically just kind of an uh, mostly out of work actor at that point who never had gotten like a big break again. You know, since eight, ages ago. And when Quentin came to him, he was just like, holy shit. So to to make your two leads, and then and then you've got Samuel Jackson. Who isn't at, at that time? Samuel Jackson was not Samuel L. Jackson. He wasn't right. He yeah. wasn't like lead role material. So he takes these these actors and he makes them like the three main characters of the movie. That was so fucking brave and brilliant. Yeah. And then he takes somebody who is he takes other actors who were very big name actors yeah. at the time, like De Niro. Yeah, I know. And Keaton. And he puts them in supporting roles. Yeah. In brilliant supporting roles. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I, yeah, that is one of the things that just really strikes me about this movie is like, 
it's a very brave movie. Mm-hmm. Now I know people can look at it and be like, oh, I don't know if it's as brave as like you know Django or as, or even Pulp Fiction and some of the crazy shit that went on in there and boundaries that were pushed. It's a different kind of brave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, this is this was Hollywood. Fuck you, brave. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm this. Do it how I want to do it. Right. Not and how you tell me to do it. Yeah. Exactly. And, and to basically in the late nineties recreate, you know, make his version of a black exploitation film, you know, yeah. and, and do it in a way that was classy, you know, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, punching down at anybody. It wasn't, uh, making fun of like that genre or, you know, it, it, fuck such a good fucking movie. And yeah, of course I, I love like seventies, sixties and seventies soul mm-hmm. and funk and everything. Delphonics, all that. Like yeah. I love that stuff. So, and the way he used it was like very effective. Oh yeah. And that, yeah. So, so fucking good, man. Yeah. The music's perfect for that movie. Mm-hmm. And, ju- and, and I think this movie really started to showcase some of his best, um, shots too, camera shots. Just the first shot of that movie with her on the movie. Yeah. Walk oh Yeah. And and that with that with the music playing and the credits rolling and her and her just standing there and that whole beginning sequence it it's so simple but at the same time it like draws me in you know I'm just like where's this gonna go yeah that shot where um he's going to shoot Beaumont in the trunk oh dude and he closes the trunk and then the camera just starts going up and you just yeah. see him drive around the corner right <laughs> right yeah that's what I'm saying like I there's great shots in the previous two movies don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But this one is the first one where it felt like, uh, without getting like corny, it felt art, you know? Yeah. I felt like this is like, like, holy shit, this is some like super classic fucking movie making here. Mm -hmm. This isn't just stuff for like, you know, surprise and like, holy fuck. Like, you know, there was plenty of that in like Pulp Fiction and stuff, which is great. But this felt like really classic fucking Hollywood movie making, you know, Mm -hmm. and the fact that it drew upon a genre that had been sort of looked at as, you know, not serious Hollywood, you know, the black exploitation movies. And that was not, uh, you know, considered like high class movie making. And the fact that he took that and was like, no, this is real good fucking movie making with good actors and good stuff, you know. Yeah. He brought it up to, to up to times. Love it. Fucking love this movie, man. Yeah, I mean, again, even just talking about it now, I'm like, God damn it, I could push this up <laughs> further up further up the list and everything. But it, you know, it is what it is. It's, it it took me a while for this one to grow on me. Right. I was watching it, watching it, like, okay, what exactly is going on here? Yeah. Like, are we ever gonna? You know, what's happening? And then once I got into it and realized she was playing all the sides. Yeah. I like ooh. This bitch is clever. Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying this story and dangerous. And I thought for sure that Bondsman was gonna get his ass handed to him. And yeah. like, she's totally gonna play him. Yeah, and she's gonna walk away free. So I was, I was real nervous. Yeah, <laughs> for that guy the entire time. Was like, she's playing you. What are you doing? But but she but she but she wasn't. She wasn't, she wasn't playing I, X. You know, that I was know, the only one. But that, I like, thought for sure right up to the end that she was. Yeah, I was right. very I was very happy. When she wasn't. Yeah, the movie has a great ending. Yeah. And it's, yeah. It's a happy it's, ending. Yeah. Well, I know. It is. For a Tarantino movie. It, yeah. It's a happy <laughs> ending, but it's sort of like this, um, it's sort of like this bittersweet happy ending. You know what I mean? Because you kind of want, I mean, even when, when Max is on the phone at the end and he takes that, that ill-timed fucking call, somebody calls when, when she's kind of trying to talk him into coming with her and he's saying no and she leaves 
And he when he was like, let me call you back in a half an hour. You think like, oh, he's fuck, gonna go he's going to go after like he's yeah. got, and he doesn't, you know, he just kind of you can see like he walks away kind of out of out of focus. And you just see him sort of dealing with like the, the realization and the agony and the heart. I'm sure there's heartbreak because clearly he was in love with her and then you know infatuated with her and being at tarantino i thought he was gonna shoot himself then <laughs> That's why I was like, oh my gosh now he's gonna commit suicide because he didn't go i was like oh gosh so no didn't. again very happy ending better yeah. than what i thought it was going to be so yeah because i just i just knew he was gonna no. get the raw end of the deal here i suppose in that regard <laughs> when you're just so used to it being like yeah like uh, people are gonna die you know and it's like oh no it's a kind of happy yeah and, and i her... loved robert de niro's character <laughs> he cracked me up Dude, he fucking, he fucking kills me. Cause you just see, like, I know guys in real life that yeah. are very much like Lewis. Yeah, <laughs> okay? absolutely. I've known that guy. And just the way Bridget Fonda's character is just constantly fucking with him yeah. the whole movie. And just like, and he's just so kind of like, you know, another word. Say you, another word you know, you can just see him just shake. Most of the time he doesn't, he doesn't even have that much dialogue in this movie. It's all just him like reacting, intensely yeah. reacting. And you're trying to read like his mind and, and I'm, you know where it's going. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, and, but then when it does happen and the you're way, like, it, Oh my God, you're like, Holy shit. That was <laughs> a fucking it. reaction. It's, a, it's, a, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, another Shoot. yeah. Just shoots her in the parking lot <laughs> twice. <laughs> well, you know, I yeah, I, I shot I shot her twice. I shot her in the stomach and I shot her in the chest. You know, so. I, Is she dead? I think I, 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 I think know, so. Maybe. Yeah, she, yeah, she, she's fucking dead. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it take. I love that it takes like three minutes just for Samuel Jackson to get, get that him to tell. Like, Is she dead? And he's like, Yeah, she's fucking dead. Okay. <laughs> he's like, Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that, you had that, to do what you had to do. That that whole exchange of the two of them in the truck after that happens, and the whole like, there's so, it's such a beautiful balance of of tension because you're like, oh my god, like what what's he gonna do when he finds out that he killed her, mm -hmm. and then realizing that and knowing that he's gonna find out about the money fucking snafu, mm -hmm. and just everything. There's like all this tension. You're like, oh, this isn't this is not gonna fucking go well. But then at the same time, it's so goddamn funny too. Yeah, that you keep laughing at. It's yeah, it, it's it's a really good balance there. He's mm -hmm. so good at like turning that on and off. You know where it's like yes. funny, totally not funny. Now yes. it's funny again. Now, stop you know, smiling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Smile, <laughs> stop smiling. Right. Yeah, exactly. This movie is really, really good at that. So yeah, I don't. I mean, obviously, because of how I feel about these other movies, it just couldn't be. My number one on a different week or a different day, it might be my number three or my, you know, something like that. But as it stands now, it's my number five. But I know it's like I said, I know it's your number one and I understand why. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for Meg, it's kind of in the middle. Yeah. Meg in the middle. Yep. As usual. As Meg usual. in the middle. I'm yep. in, the yep. middle. in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then moving on from there. Now we talked about his number one. We talked about your number one. We're going to talk about my number one. Okay. So we jumped. There was a there was a five year gap actually, which was a pretty big gap for him at the time. And uh, but when you think about what he created and all that was involved in that, it kind of makes sense. I, they made these two together, didn't they? At yes, the same time? they made so it at the same time. Sense. It was a yeah. big big production. But it's two thousand and three and two thousand and four is Kill Bill one and two. So what I want to get to first before, because I'll go on and on about it, but I'm the thing that I'm the most curious about, I'm sure most people are, is that, Megan, you did not mention Kill Bill 1. You were very adamant not to, but you, but you listed Kill Bill 2 in your list. Yes. And why? 
Okay. So Kill Bill one. Right. Because I wouldn't I don't know squat about Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. Okay. I hadn't watched it before or knew anything about it. So watching the first one and we went through all that, all that violence. <laughs> Amazing. A ton violence. of violence. Yes, it, 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 it's fucking awesome. It was entertaining, <laughs> but my problem was I didn't understand why. Mm-hmm. It was like there's no story. She's just running around killing everybody. Well, I mean, you, I knew it was revenge or, you know, it wasn't even revenge. Yeah. Like she said she's like, if I was revenge, I'd kill your husband and your kid and all yeah, the other to, be, to, be even, to be yeah, even. Yeah. It's like, but this is beyond being beyond even. That, this, yeah. Is, yeah. this is getting my power back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I get that, but I didn't get why they got, shot her in the first place. It just it didn't make sense to me. In Kill Bill One, the Bill aspect of it was very nebulous. Yeah, yes. because you you didn't know hardly anything about their backstory as a couple and right. why her going and getting pregnant and married. You know, it, yeah, they yeah, didn't tell you much about I was that. Like, oh, oh, Athena's like, oh, okay, and right, it just left me wanting something. So, but then Kill Bill Two was a different story. A, there's way less violence. Mm-hmm. There's still uh, a fair amount there, of violence. There's still, oh yes, but it wasn't as like it wasn't blood as, all over the place, spewing and stuff like that. That's that's right. I don't care for that. Okay, you know, shoot yeah. people. I just don't need to see the blood everywhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, a lot of that in the first one. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and I mean, it just it seemed more like the story was getting me somewhere. I was started to understand why they did what they did. It was completely stupid, but I understood it mm-hmm. more. And why she was doing what she was doing better right. in the way she was doing it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just enjoyed the story better in Kill Bill 2 as opposed to Kill Bill 1. What would you think of the ending? I liked it. Yeah. Another happy-ish ending. Yeah. Bittersweet ending, I guess. Yeah. Because she was sad she had to kill him, but yeah. Walker killed her first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, I, well, like I said, I, I love... The whole fucking thing. If I had to choose which one I love more, I slightly prefer Kill Bill 1 over 2. And the reason being is because it's interesting that when he was making this movie, even when he was in the middle of making it and had a lot of it done, he did not intend this to be two movies. This was supposed to be one movie, and he was operating under the assumption of like, yeah, I'm going to have to cut so much shit out of this and it's a shame, but he wanted to get it all down. And one of the few good things that old Harvey did, (laughs) that fucker, um, was that he actually stepped up when he saw what it was and he got a real grasp of what the magnitude of it is. He said, no, don't cut it. Why don't we just make this two movies to which Quentin, I guess was like, Okay, you know, yeah. but what's interesting about it, it was doing that is that the way he edited it, he made it into two very different toned movies because the first movie is very much a Shaw Brothers 70s, late 70s martial arts, yeah, Shogun Ninja, you know, action drama movie. Five Deadly Venoms and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's very much draws on that. Whereas the second movie is much more like spaghetti western, uh, good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, Mm -hmm. Clint Eastwood kind of thing. I mean, it still has some of that martial arts aspect to it, Mm -hmm. of course, but nowhere near as much. It definitely, even even the soundtrack changes. 
you know, you listen to the soundtrack in the first movie and it's much more drawing upon those uh, sort of action, you know, uh, martial arts movie kind of things. And then the soundtrack in the second one is much more of that, again, that spaghetti western soundtrack with the flamenco guitars mm-hmm. and the and the whistling and the wind kind of shit and everything. <laughs> um, I, lo- I love them both, but I mean, this movie, first of all, Uma Thurman as the bride is, in my opinion, one of the top 10 greatest lead characters in a movie ever. Ever. Wow. Yeah, she was perfect for that role. It, it, it perfectly acted, perfectly written and conceived, and just the way... The, the whole way it's done, the stunts, just everything. It's, it's so amazing. I put that character and her portrayal of that character up there for me with Christopher Reeve playing Superman. And, you know what I mean? Uh, Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones. And, you know, uh, wow. uh, Hannibal Lecter, you know, and all these mm-hmm. other, like, to me, the bride is, like, that great. Like, I th- it's so good. I feel like she's, even as popular as that movie is, I don't think it gets enough credit, especially for a female lead character and stuff. Because I mean, we you know we've talked about before that there's still a lot of chauvinism in the in the in the industry and in the public and how they feel about stuff and everything. I feel like you know when people talk about Wonder Woman, they talk about Captain Marvel, and they talk about all these different characters, and they're great. But I feel like the fucking bride is like the top of the fucking heap. Yeah. I think she's like a perfectly balanced character. And I love that they introduced that, you know, the thing that sort of changed her because she's just a fucking brutal, merciless killing machine. But, you know, when she found out she was going to be a mother, it was like, nope, my world's changed now and everything. And it's so interesting that they they they, they did that. And I don't feel like they it's it, they did that without making her like wimpy. It's not like she no. wimped out. It's not like suddenly she became all, you know, and they address that. I love the fact that Bill even calls her out on that. It's like, that's you. you that ain't you. Yeah. You could have a kid. You could run away. You could, you know, be a barefoot bride. You, you, you know, you can't hide your true nature and stuff. I love that they address that. And, and anyway, I mean, the thing is, I could do a whole show just about fucking Kill Bill because I fucking love that movie so much. The soundtracks are amazing. The way they use the music. Um, fuck, man. I don't even know where to start. Like, it's it's so fucking great. Gordon Liu as fucking uh, Pai Mei. Oh, man. Freaking beard flip. Yeah. Like, stop flipping the beard. He's, he's, to he's got that? to. He's Pai Mei. That's, that's what you do. You know, and then as the leader of the crazy 88 gang and the whole crazy 88 scene alone, just how that, oh yeah. my God, the whole way that's choreographed and filmed and with the lights off and oh, yeah, holy fuck. The whole, the whole fucking scene with, uh, with, uh, uh, yeah. Tori Hanso yeah. with with his bad sushi and everything and his, and his goofy, uh, sidekick guy yeah. and the whole like back and forth that's going back then. Why do I have to get the drinks and everything yelling at him? Like, it's so masterfully done. And also, I should say, because, like I said, I am a... Okay, like I said before, the way I'm not a fan of... I'm not a general, generally a big fan of horror. I do love some horror, but generally I'm not a big horror fan. Whereas, like, 
everybody else I fucking know anymore. They're just like horror, horror, horror. They all they care about is horror. You don't like the brutality of horror. Yeah, and I just don't think a lot of it's very good. It doesn't interest me. Even the stuff that people are like, oh, this movie's brilliant. Some of the ones that I've seen, I won't get into all that, but I just watch it and I'm just like, eh, it just doesn't really do it for me. But what I was going to say is the way other people feel about horror and stuff is the way I feel about old martial arts movies. I fucking love old, like I will literally, if you tell me like, hey man, I'm going to lock you in a room for the next 12 hours and you're going to watch nothing but Shaw Brothers movies, like Man with the Golden Arm and, you know, yeah, exactly. Five Deadly Venoms, all that kind of shit. I'm like, okay. You know, Drunken Master, three, you know, all that. Like, I'm like, yep, okay. I never get sick of them. I love how ridiculous they are. The (laughs) violence in them is pretty hyper, but it's not a violence that bothers me. You know, violence in a movie where I see a bunch of innocent people being killed by some fucking monster or serial killer, especially, I'm like, I don't don't find entertainment from this. But like some fucking vengeful, you know, samurai guy that's going around just fucking hacking off limbs and killing all these fucking people because vengeance because they burned his family's village down and all this kind of shit. And just watching that brutality for the next hour and a half, I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) I fucking love it. And it's so, with the wire work stuff and all the, the sword work stuff and uh, the sound effects mm-hmm. just all of that i fucking adore that shit so the fact that this movie pays homage to that and is such a big part of that it's like that's why it's my number one like it yeah i think this is one of the best movies made in the last 25 years like fucking hands down <laughs> it's actually it's actually a contender for the best movie made in the last 25 years oh wow period not just tarantino I don't know if it would be the best, but it, it's up there, you know. Wow. What about you, Garrett? Like, you, you like it. I know if it was far down on your list and stuff. Um, but... Yeah, no, it was far down, but um, that doesn't, uh, I mean, it's it was so hard to make the list. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, agreed. Uh, but no, yeah, I, 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 love, I, I would say I like the first part uh, more, but both, the whole movie is, I mean, you know, the first part just sets up the second part. So, right. Um, yeah, no the 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 scene with the crazy crazy eighty-eights that is amazing. All the Orenishi yeah. stuff, even even just when they get into the Orenishi backstory and they decide to do it, you know, Japanimation anime stuff. I'm like, that's fucking brilliant to do it that yeah, way. Yeah, or even just the way when the movie starts, that first scene when Uma Thurman and um, oh. Fox are fighting in the kitchen. Yes, but I was like, I remember seeing that movie for the first time and. It just starts and it goes into that right scene. out of the gate. Yeah. yeah, and you're just like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> <laughs> I know. And yeah, the one time he doesn't take forever to build up. Yeah, anything. exactly. <laughs> no, he did. Yeah, and 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 I would say that while I completely appreciate Meg, why it didn't quite work for you the the nature of how the uh, nonlinear story mm-hmm. worked in this for you because it left you sort of wanting and being like, "I don't, I don't totally, I'm not totally on board with this story." until the second half this is the one that i feel like i really enjoy the most the non-linear aspect of it i like the fact like i love that it starts with the vivica fox fight scene when actuality that was the second person she went after because she went after oren ishii first Mm -hmm. and everything but that doesn't come till the end of the movie yeah i i really like the way this works and i know there's some people out there that are big fans of taking the two movies and making them linear 
there's I know there's like edits out there of it being that way. And that's cool. It's interesting. I would watch that now because I'm so familiar with the damn movie <laughs> yeah. that I could enjoy it. But I'm glad that I saw it. Yeah. Same thing, man. I like when I first saw it and it started with that. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're yeah. right into this. <laughs> and then just the weight of the gravity of the whole thing, because it happened in front of uh, Vivica's girl. daughter. And yeah. What that might mean for the future, because there's yeah. a lot of rumors and Quentin's been hinting. That uh, this is leading up to possibly what his 10th and final movie will be. Yeah, which would be amazing. If he did the follow-up and had had the daughter come back for her vengeance and everything, it's like, Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. You were talking about Elle possibly being a part of that, too. Oh. um, Uh, For the third one. um, Yeah, that's a... Oh, I forgot. Yeah, that's a very good point, because I was saying... Well, I was saying that... We never see, she doesn't die. We never see her die. Yeah. We see her eye get taken out. Mm-hmm. And she's just writhing around screaming, I'll get you, you know, you fucking bitch, blah, 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 and everything. So she doesn't die. So there's there's yeah. a good culprit for being, aside from Vivica's daughter. Uh, she could, like, train Vivica's daughter and y- yeah. go, after, go after. Could be like a Cobra Kai kind of thing. It's yeah. like we're like the, we turn in now like the bad guys are sort of like the Go good guys. The next generation. And, yeah, right. Blue yeah, it. that's true. You never see her die. They just, she just leaves her in the trailer right. with the snake. So right. Kind of mm-hmm. just and assumed, I guess. It, right. <laughs> but, but yeah, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Never assume with Quentin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. So yeah, I mean, we can move on. I think we've. Said, yeah. I mean, I'll talk for two fucking hours about Kill Bill. We don't want that or need that. So, but yeah, you know, not right now. No, <laughs> maybe some other day. Um. So moving on from that, now we move on to um a definitely a different mm-hmm. kind of movie. Uh, movies, I guess you could say. Um, from him that didn't make either of our or any of our lists. Um, and that was 2007's Death Proof. Which was like a collab between him and uh, uh, Robert Rodriguez, where they each did a film. Yeah, and it was uh, what was it, Planet Terror? Yeah, Planet and Terror. Death Proof. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now I saw that at the theater with a friend of mine back when that came out uh, when I was out of town, and you know it's it's cool, but. It wouldn't be a surprise, I guess, to anybody who's heard me talk so far about what I like and don't like, and me. To, it, it it's a little. It's not my thing. I I like I like the death proof yeah. story. I didn't care that much for Planet Terror. I thought Planet Terror was really goofy and. Yeah, I liked when I saw it in the theater. Um, by the time you got to Death Proof, you were already kind of like burned out on. Yeah. So. And I think, and I think for a lot of people, and fortunately, I think that was a mistake because I feel like Death Proof fell real flat for a yeah. lot of people because of that. I liked it more when I watched it later by itself. Exactly, exactly. I was going to say that I when I 
got a chance to watch it later when it was on video i ended i just skipped you know on planet terror i didn't i didn't even bother with getting that and i just watched death proof and i was like yeah i definitely like this better you know mary elizabeth winstead and is in it who i'm a big fan of and everything kurt russell who's a big fan yeah. of and everything he's you know um you know the uh oh, i always forget her the uh rosario dawson yeah rosario dawson and uh and uma's uh stunt double actually yeah, and that's everything. right yeah and so and she's great you know she's amazing in that uh, yeah that movie I, i'd watch that you know that's one that i'd watch i you know uh robert's the planet terror thing i yeah, i could do without that i don't i don't really need that in my life <laughs> and everything yeah it's been so long since i've watched that one maybe i'll have to watch that again but uh death proof i watched recently though and like um yeah i did too and it's yeah it's good yeah it's yeah. good not, but not good enough to make my Yeah, guess. exactly. Not and one of my favorites. I've never seen it. Yeah, and that's just I never that... even heard of it until we started researching. I was like, what is this? Yeah. And it didn't seem interested, so I just didn't watch it. Yeah, it's the whole Grindhouse thing, which again, that's not really, that's not so much my genre. I respect it. I think, I think with Death Proof, I think you did a good job with it and everything. And it's, it's over the top. It's crazy, but yeah, it's not my thing. So, yeah, if we're all on the same page with that, then. We'll just, we're just going to scoot along because we still got plenty <laughs> to talk about here. Mm -hmm. What I am excited to talk about is the next movie, which was 2009's Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, that was a great movie. This fucking movie is so good. So what do you what do you love about this one, Gear? Um, the characters are amazing. The story is really... Yeah. Really... Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Clever, but ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> well that's tarantino for yeah. you you know yeah that's true um but uh yeah brad pitt is so good in the movie <laughs> Dude, the, all of the bastards that you yeah. have eli Roth, the bear jew yeah all of it holy fuck that what, what an incredible <laughs> team you know like this really goofy world war ii version of the nazi hunting a team you know what i yeah. mean or something <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, it's great casting and stuff. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh Christopher uh, Waltz. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. He's he. What? An, oh yeah, yeah. What an amazing job he does. You know, and again, you know, bringing him back then later for Django, and I think he was even more amazing in Django personally. But um, I love this movie because, first of all, I fucking hate Nazis, so yeah. I, I really, really enjoyed seeing them get theirs and everything. But this was the first movie of all of them where, again, just like we were saying with Kill Bill, where it was like, wow, you know, the way that movie started and everything, like the way this movie starts, it couldn't be more like night and day. That is some of the most tense, like whatever it is, 10, 15 minutes or whatever that in yeah. the beginning. That's some of the most tense beginning of a fucking movie I've ever sat through. Oh, yeah. I know. It's ridiculous. With him yeah. <laughs> coming into the house and... Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just the way that set everything up. And this movie, for as much as it had, yeah, goofiness and stuff and Brad Pitt and all that shit, this felt like it had the most, like, um, well, I don't know what the term is I'm looking for here. Like, the most, uh, not heart, I guess. That's not really, because heart's not, <laughs> that, that, that makes you think it's a real heartfelt movie. It's no, it's yeah. not that. It just it had it had so much, I guess, more drama, like legit serious drama to it. It's probably especially it's very intense. The whole movie. Yes. Yeah. 
all the scenes with the, the yeah. Nazis and stuff coming into the theater and the restaurant and, mm-hmm. and guns under the table. Who's oh. gonna shoot who and yeah, where? Yeah, that one scene where they're sitting. Um, she's sitting down at the restaurant. And yeah, Waltz is sitting next to her, e- just talking and eating the dessert yeah, and everything. Yeah, uh, yeah, the whole thing. Talking about the movie theater. Yes. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like out of this movie has by far the most like tension in that regard and and just drama. Yeah. The scene under the the scene in the uh, the downstairs bar is amazing. Yeah. (laughs) That scene goes on for like 45 minutes. I know. (laughs) I know. Yeah. That's this movie. It's another one that I feel like people like it, but I feel like this movie is like slightly underappreciated by yeah. the public at large. Like mm-hmm. I thought when this came out and I saw it, I thought that people were just going to lose their fucking minds over this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought people were going to be like, holy fuck, this is like a masterwork. And people, some people loved it, but they, but didn't quite make the mark that I thought it did. Hmm. I thought that beginning of that movie in a very different way, but I felt like it had the same kind of impact that like the emotional and impact that like, say the beginning scene of like father Marin and the desert and the exorcist had on me or, mm-hmm. or the, or, or, um, Brando at the wedding and stuff in the beginning of Godfather and kind of yeah. getting, like it had that same kind of gravitas to me where it was just like wow like you, you watch that beginning you don't necessarily see a lot of the goofiness that coming that comes and everything and it's interesting because I, I this wasn't my thought I, I saw somebody else bring this up and I hadn't really thought about it that the, the last line of the movie is Brad Pitt looking over uh uh, Christoph and and saying you know I think when he's when he's carving up and he's like I think this might be my masterpiece and right when he says that it cuts to the credit that says written and directed by Quentin Tarantino yeah. <laughs> and people brought up I saw somebody that brought up it was like I think that was kind of like Quentin's be that was him being like this is my masterpiece and at that point man I got to be honest with you even though I didn't rank this as high as Kill Bill because that's my personal favorite but yeah man like. At that point, at least, mm-hmm. it's like that to me was his fucking masterpiece. As great as Jackie Brown is, as great as Kill Bill was, I mean, like, just the way that movie was done and all the bedlam that ends up happening then at the end with the when the plan mm-hmm. kind of goes into effect with the at the theater with mm-hmm. the Nazis and I mean, you just get to see him fucking riddle fucking Hitler with bullets with a fucking submachine. It's come on, it's fucking, yeah. that's so great. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's definitely well. I think I mean it's his first movie where he um, like uh, did revisionist history. Right? Yes, right. There wasn't another one before that that was no, that? no. Everything yeah. was just more was just more fiction. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of adds to the tension because the yes. whole time you're watching it, the first time you watch it, you're just kind of like, you know what, what the these his- people are about. Yeah, yeah you know what the, you know the history of the background of the topic this movie is about right and you're just kind of like so where is he gonna go with this (laughs) right yeah (laughs) like yeah you know i remember when you know i know my history and like this is all bad and these people are real bad where where's he gonna and the fact that he revised it i mean just that first scene when eli comes out as the bear jew yeah you know and and why and i mean it's such a brutal brutal yeah scene with that bat but you just again i'm like i'm watching that i'm like 
this is my idea of a feel-good movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying watching that motherfucker get his head fucking bashed in because he <laughs> fucking deserves it, you know? And, you know, if you don't agree with me, well, fuck you, folks. <laughs> that's, wow. that's all I got to say about that. But, no, I mean, I get, you know, if you're like, oh, I'm not into violence, I, I get that. But, man, if there's ever a call for it, in those cases, it, it definitely is uh, warranted in my book. Anyway, um, but yeah, fucking awesome movie. Obviously, you you like this movie too. I did. I I really really enjoyed this movie. I just because of that kind of violence, it didn't make my list. It, but it's an excellent excellent movie. Yeah, it's a great story. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, her whole story in it and everything, and the 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 background of that, and just the the tension and the the. The fear and the anger and the need again for, you know, the revenge and all that kind of stuff. Taking her power back. Yeah, exactly. You know, he, yeah, exactly. He's real big on that with like, you know, especially starting with Jackie Brown on. It's like he he really did that. So, and I dig that. I think it's great because he does it. it, I kind of, again, I saw somebody else say that. I was like, oh my gosh, he does do that over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's about these people taking their power back from people that wrong them. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. 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 They're usually revenge stories, at least mm-hmm. the last several movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Revisionist history revenge stories. Yeah. yeah and, we'll, and we'll get, we'll, we're get, I'm going to have a lot to say about that pretty soon, especially once we get to the last movie, man. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so fucking amazing movie. And then, uh, yeah, keeping in with that, then we move on to 2012 with a, a controversial film for a bunch of reasons, but. Uh, pretty highly regarded, I think, by most people. Yeah. Uh, Django Unchained. Yeah, I I didn't see this until it was out on video and everything. And uh, uh, I I had people <laughs> just kind of warning me, like, okay, so here's what you're going to be in for. <laughs> yeah. It is ultra-violent, you know, like... A little bit, maybe. Like, there's some very sensitive violence in as in as much as there's great violence that you enjoy because you're going to see people really fucking get their major comeuppance. Yeah. (laughs) The violence you're going to have to see leading up to that and everything and what they do to people to Django and his people and stuff is like, it's rough. So cool. It's rough. And there's a lot of and it's like and don't be too easily offended by a certain uh, uh, racial slur because my God, it's it's in this movie like 350 times or something. Jackie Brown too. Yeah, that's in a different way. Yeah, it is. That's done. That's that's the difference. You know what I mean? And the way that word is is used and not Mm -hmm. that that word's ever particularly good in it for any reason, but in the way it's used in Django is a whole other bag of dicks, man. And uh, reason nobody likes that word. No. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, and, and yeah, it was another one that I was like, as much as I love to watch all those fucking Nazis get theirs, oh man, did I love to watch those fucking redneck, <laughs> racist, <laughs> slave owning, whipping motherfuckers get theirs in this. Like that, that oh, yeah. shootout at the fucking the end. Oh my God. That shootout. Yeah. yeah towards oh, the Oh yeah. The last scene in the movie Beautiful. is amazing. Holy fuck. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> Oh my gosh, man! Um, but again, the casting: Jamie Fox. What a fucking, you know, chef's kiss! Fucking brilliant, <laughs> brilliant casting is him for yeah. fucking Django and him and Waltz. They're they're going they're them going back and forth on it and everything. Uh, the the friend the kind of working friendship they they create and mm-hmm. and 
everything, of course, and then Leo. Yeah. Always amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're big Leo fans around yeah, here. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> what? Huge, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, his The way he pro- portrayed that character, like, that that cat that cast in that fucking movie just just those I mean there's a bunch of great casting in that but just the four characters of Leo Sam Jackson mm-hmm. uh, Waltz and and uh, Fox like those four it's like holy shit yeah the fucking chops going on there and the way they oh my god so good what do you, what do you dig about this movie um yeah just uh, definitely Jamie Foxx's character um. Don, Don uh, Johnson. Yeah, Don Johnson. Okay, yeah. yeah. So oh, he's great in the movie too. Yeah. Um Yeah, that that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And Christoph Waltz's character was yeah. uh, incredible. Yeah, yeah I to... actually like I mean, of course he's a more likable character yeah. in this movie than in Inglorious Bastards, but I I just like I like his casting even as being that character even better. I feel like he he just made that you just really like that fucking character, you know. Yeah, and I I always wondered if like he got that role because he was such a piece of shit in Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> yeah, talk about paying penance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, so he's gonna make you the real good guy. For the next movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's a really good point. <laughs> yeah, that's a very valid point, man. Yeah, I I think I I can definitely see the allure of being like, hey man, uh, you made me play this fucking like one of the worst Nazis in the fucking world. Yeah. In this last movie and everything, can I can I do the complete opposite? of that in yeah. this one can i really make amends like it's like myself a little bit yeah. yeah and and he did in this one and um yeah just uh, uh, yeah in, incredible casting in this uh walt goggins is, yeah is uh the one character billy crash and all, oh my gosh samuel L. jackson was amazing too holy shit i feel yeah. like i feel like that might be his strongest portrayal his strongest acting chops i've ever seen him do because that's not an easy role to play man yeah you know that for one thing it takes a lot of fucking commitment to the character and staying yeah. true to it he, that was um he's that yeah that might be i don't i can't say like that's my favorite character because it's such a despicable character yeah but i definitely feel like man that's one of his like top three like most beautifully portrayed you yeah know, like great acting chops on that yeah i agree with you on that but yeah, I love that. It didn't make my top five just because I like those five a little bit more. But I, I, lo- yeah. I love Django Unchained. Yes. Great movie. Well, that's the that's, beautiful movie. That's both the 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 frustration and the beautiful thing about about these Tarantino films is there there really isn't any of them that were like eh. I mean, I know you weren't familiar with Death Proof, but but regardless, I mean, there's none that were like ah eh, yeah that movie kind of blows. It's like this really was very hard <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to choose sure. to narrow it down to five. So. um but yeah, you like you. You're a Django fan. Yes, right? absolutely, absolutely. That was a heart. That was originally when we first talked about this. And Glorious Bastards and Django were on my list. Yeah. But the more I thought about it mm-hmm. and really decided what I liked in movies, it, it had to be kicked out a little bit. But well, it's an excellent, excellent movie. Yeah, yeah. Django. Especially that just, ending. Yeah. yeah the ending. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that scene where he, they're all at the dinner table and oh, cat. Yeah. Leo. Puts his slams his hand down. And he actually cuts himself open. Yeah, he yeah. really he did keeps that. Acting. Yeah, yeah, that was real. Yeah, he I actually cut Leo. himself, and that wasn't supposed to be happen. And he and he played it into it. That's because Leo's a the fucking, fucking man. Yeah, yeah, he's he's powerhouse man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he really is. So yeah, so then 
we're getting we're winding down here. We're getting to the last couple, but uh, so then after a very brief hiatus, few years, he came back with what I understand was supposed to originally was conceived as being like a sequel to Django, and then as he started working on it, he said, "No, I'm going to go in a different direction and make it its own thing," oh. which was 2015's The Hateful Eight. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah, that's, I don't know more about it, like what he was planning on doing with it to make it Django related, that more closely related and everything. But from what I understand, yeah, that was the plan is this was going to be like Django part two and then it turned into this totally other yeah, thing. Yeah, not even close. Yeah. <laughs> totally separate. Yeah. <laughs> so now this movie didn't make my list, but you guys like this movie. Yes. Yeah, I, it didn't make my list either, right. but I do like this movie a lot. Um, yeah. I think it's awesome that it basically all takes place in a room. Yeah. Right? Uh, it's a stagecoach in a room. Yeah, That's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that in itself is really cool. I love the 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 mood of the movie. The the score was by... Um, yeah. What's his name? The Italian guy. Uh, 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 Morricone. Morricone. Yeah, can, yeah. I, can't, I cannot fucking talk tonight, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which did did he get an award for that? Because I I thought that that was the score for this was really, um, was really highly praised after it came out. Yeah, stuff. I could um, be wrong. Maybe he didn't get an award. He might have got a nomination for it at least. Yeah, he must have gotten a nomination because it it's it's really fucking good. Um, but anyway, yeah. I mean, I, how can I not like this? I mean, it's got a Roy Orbison song in the fucking soundtrack, and anybody who knows yeah. me is I'm a fucking you know Roy Orbison yes. fanatic. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's kind of an obscure one too because it's from his uh, the fastest guitar in the West uh, soundtrack because Roy Orbison did one movie back in the late. 60s you know that was back in the time when all like the famous you know elvis and everybody cliff richard all these different the beatles everybody yeah. had to have their movies roy orbison was in a movie <laughs> it's not the greatest movie i've ever <laughs> seen it's it's pretty goofy but the songs are good you know what i mean the music is decent and stuff but yeah so I, I thought it was great and of course quentin would be a fan of that fucking movie of course he would be you know yeah um so anyway um yeah, it it you know it, it's cool. Uh, you you like that movie? You saw yes. it at the theater, right? Yeah, this is the only Tarantino movie I've seen in the theater. Oh, really? Wow! And I went with my my buddy Jim, who's no longer with us, so that's mm -hmm. why I had to make my list. Yeah, so cause yeah. that was the last movie we went and saw together. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I same with you. It's happened all in one room, and it held my interest the entire time. Yeah, I know. And I love the how they couldn't trust each other. It's like. Do I trust you? Do I not trust you? Mm -hmm. You nearly drink the poison. Maybe you're trustable. Right. Or are you trustable? Right. Yeah. And no, like, yeah. Constantly all, <laughs> the whole like. All plotting against <laughs> each other the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Like constantly pointing at the guns. Like, yeah. And you don't know really any backstory about any of the right. characters at first. Right. Yeah. And he slowly, you know, yeah. just like everything else with him, he kind of you know, goes back and kind of tells you a little bit more, right. a little bit more, so you kind of piece it together as who you can and can't trust and what's really going on in this room. And Yeah. yeah. It, I, I really enjoyed it. And then in the midst of that, there's that scene where Samuel Jackson's telling the old man on the couch about how he found his son trying working as a bounty hunter Yeah, and then made him walk naked and then suck his cock in oh, the yeah. fucking mountain. Yeah. It's just like, you just... 
the scene is so fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> and horrible, yeah. but funny at the same time. Yeah. Tarantino funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, the thing that struck me about this was that I was like, oh, that's really interesting that one of his last movies is in so many respects kind of so closely paralleled to his first movie because, you know, Reservoir Dogs, it's yeah. very similar. It's a bunch of people thrown together. They don't know if they can trust each other. They suspect that somebody, you know, is is the mole, is the whatever. You know, they don't know each other's backgrounds and all this kind of stuff. A lot of it takes place kind of in, I mean, there's only a couple settings in that movie. Yeah. There's the fucking restaurant in the beginning, which is like the first 10 minutes. There's cut, there's cutaways to, you know, back, you know, old story shots and everything. But, you know, the rest of it is basically taking place in that warehouse, you know, and all the tension that's going mm-hmm. on. So it's very similar in that regard. Yeah. Um, you were telling me, Gary, the other night that there's actually like a fucking is there is there really like a like a four hour version of that? Movie yeah, it's on Netflix. I it, Yeah, it's the <sighs> oh, director's really? but yeah, Jesus Christ. Like four or four and a half hours. Holy Christ. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oof. I, I watched it like six <laughs> months ago or something. Um, so here's the honest, honest answer. Is it a good watch or is it like... Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Um, it had been a little while since I had seen the um, original version, so I didn't quite remember exactly what was or wasn't in it. Oh, okay. It still flowed really well. Well, that's um, probably a better gauge anyway then. Yeah. Because then you're just judging it as it is. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Interesting. Yeah, I got to watch that version. I'm very, I'm very, I've got to decide if I'm a masochist enough to sit down and watch Yeah, the, the movie itself is long as hell anyway. Right. Yeah, so. It's like three a three hour. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Right. Exactly. So going like even longer, it's like, holy fuck, man. But yeah, yeah, it didn't make, didn't make my list, but not, not again, just like we keep saying, not for lack of it being a good, a good movie. movie or not. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, so then this uh, leads us to the last film of the Quentin verse, uh, really of the the main films anyway, his main nine, mm-hmm. and that is none other than 2019's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It's high on all of our list. Yeah, yeah, it was very high. Yeah, because we all had it up right up there near the top and stuff. Two and threes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, before I even get into what we like about it, here's the. It's such an interesting thing that. Out of all of his movies, at least from my experience talking to people I know, like our fucking bandmates and, Mm -hmm. you know, but what do they know anyway, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But no, in all seriousness, from talking to a lot of people, this seems to be one of of the most polarizing of all the Tarantino films. Like, people either are like, this movie's a masterpiece, or they're like, I don't fucking like that movie at all. I don't get it at all. It's weird. I don't know. Yeah. No, I know. Because clearly we lean more towards the masterpiece thing. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, whereas, like I said, when I saw Bastards, I thought it was like, that's his masterpiece. This might be his masterpiece. Yeah, I would say so. This movie's, folks, I mean, on, we want to see and hear from you in the comments and everything. If you're like, oh my God, no, that movie's terrible, or I just didn't like it. I mean, I'm willing to hear you out. I'd love to hear your your viewpoints on it, but I don't get it. I mean... I thought this movie was fucking amazing. And it was such, I feel like in so many ways, while it's still very Quentin, there was things about it that I felt was like, wow, like some of it even just felt like, maybe not fresh, but it just felt like new for him, you know? Like I didn't feel like it was. It didn't feel like a typical 
Tarantino yeah. movie. No, to me, it had tons of Tarantinoisms. In oh it. yeah, tons absolutely. Of it. But it, but not like the others. No, this was. I mean, as we know, I mean, everybody knows that it. He said it basically himself. This movie was like a love letter to old, the end of old Hollywood, mm-hmm. when that all died, literally and figuratively, with mm-hmm. the Manson murders and all that kind of shit. And um, I, I, I guess you know when I think about certain people like Vito. Who say, man, I just didn't like that movie. I didn't get it. I didn't understand it or whatever. I guess if you're not really familiar with that kind of history and you don't even know who fucking Sharon Tate is and you don't know about like what movies and TV and how things were back then, you know, pre-1969 and post-1969, because there really was a major change. You know? Yeah. Um, and I don't think it was all attributed to Charlie and the family and all that stuff. But you know, it, it signaled a big part of the change and everything. Um, if you don't understand that, but if you do, I don't see how you can't just be enthralled with this fucking movie. I mean, Gary, like what did you love about this movie? Uh, everything. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, it's, uh, it's hard to explain the, there was like all this hype about it when it came out, like people were saying, Mm -hmm. you know, he's doing a, manson murder movie right so already then there you go i went into it with some expectations and it was completely different than what right me me too same here yeah it was not what i expected it yeah Mm -hmm. which i should have known that it wasn't (laughs) going to be what i expected it to be but um yeah the the story with um between um uh, Pitt and and Leo. Yeah, oh yeah. my god. Yeah. <laughs> What's it Dalton and Booth or something? Yeah, like Dalton Rick Dalton and Cliff yeah, Booth. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that was that whole thing was amazing. Uh that was like a great way to, you know, set up the movie and you know, keep it going. Build it around it. Yeah, exactly. Build around those two characters. Yeah. Because uh, they were so good in those two roles. Oh man. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, yeah, well first of all you get Brad Pitt and Leo DiCaprio together in a fucking Tarantino movie playing the two leads. It's like, holy yeah. shit. Like, gold right there. Right, exactly. I don't care what it is. It's gold. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, yeah, in the way they acted those characters. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like Pitt as Cliff is not a huge stretch for him. It's like, eh, that, that's, yeah. that's a very Brad Pitt. But I feel like Leo as, as Rick is really... Like what he did to that character, because that character could be very unlikable. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he could be very unlikable where you're just like, oh, this fucking guy. And at moments you feel a little bit like that, but then he keeps doing things and bringing it back to where you're just like, but goddamn, he's funny. And <laughs> and, sometime, and and at certain points you go, oh, okay, I kind of understand. Like, I understand bad his, for him. <laughs> right, his motivation and what he's going through, and you, and you, then there's certain things. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, this is definitely, for me, like when you were talking earlier, Gary, about tone, like this is one of those movies where the tone of it is just, it, it's just so amazing, and it's, um, it's a little heartbreaking. This is the most heartbreaking of all his movies because, again, we're dealing with real, life events that he is now doing um a rewrite revisionist yeah, yeah history on and it's so heartbreaking when you know what really happened and you see where it's could you know you're like oh i know how this ends up so it's so fucking fulfilling 
the way it doesn't end up in this movie. And it yeah. isn't and it isn't even just that like these people like you're just so happy. Not even just the things that like um not even just the the real life stuff that like Sharon doesn't die and all that kind of stuff and everything. But even just like that at the very end it took all that crazy shit happening for Rick to finally get invited up to the yeah. to, <laughs> to to the Polanskis, you know, with mm-hmm. Roman and Sharon and everything. Mm-hmm. He finally gets through that gate, you know, and and everything and it, like you're just like, "Oh, good." You know, like yeah. I'm so happy. I want to know <laughs> Like, I hope things really went, what, like, maybe they did do a movie together and everything, which is also great because, like, because Quentin planned all that out. Like, he has the whole story planned out. Like, yeah. he knows every movie that, that Rick ever made after that and what, and, like, he planned all that shit out. Like, even if you watch the one documentary where he talks about the, the fictional, the TV show Bounty Law yeah. that, that Rick starred in. And Quentin's like, oh, I have, like, a whole miniseries written. Of six bounty law episodes, full episodes that Leo will star in, and blah blah blah. And I'm going to make them black and white. Like they're going to be le- legit. It's going to be legit. Like it's just going to be me making that fucking TV show. Oh, I'm fucking doing it. I'm like, good. Yeah. Good. Nobody's doing that. Like I want you. Don't do that. Why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's unconventional and weird. Good. Fucking do that. I'll take that over all the fucking 50 Remakes. million more fucking Walking Dead fucking yeah. spinoffs and all this other horse shit that's on TV. Like, I will sit there through fucking black and white fucking Bounty Law episodes with Rick Dalton in it. I'm like, absolutely, I'll watch the fuck out of that. I love that just because it's so different. Yeah, I would love to see brad pitt's character you like see him like he accidentally gets into frame or something <laughs> or or very or or very obviously playing a stunt double yeah. like yeah. where there's like a scene where where rick dalton is supposed to fall off the top of a fucking stagecoach and you clearly see it's cliff yes, <laughs> yes i want that because that was real common back then we know from watching the old star trek series mm-hmm. where we're like oh like, my wait a God. minute that's not kirk like like <laughs> he's got a bald spot yeah. <laughs> like that guy had a bald spot and a mustache how was that Captain Kirk like and you see, you literally it's that bad in yes. some old Star Trek episodes it's it's yeah. amazing that it, would it, be awesome. yeah so I, yeah I, I love that I mean again before I know people are gonna be like Larry you have a problem <laughs> but oh my god the joy that fills my fucking cold heart when when Cliff just destroys the fucking Mansonites. And yeah. What, and their face off that fireplace. That fucking fireplace mantle yeah. and then the table. Yeah, the ending of the movie was incredible. I, I shouldn't... I, I will be the first to admit that even as horrible of a fucking cunt as that girl is was in real life and deserved to have that happen to her, I admit that I got a little bit too much joy out of watching that. Because <laughs> even earlier tonight, I was watching the documentary about it when we were getting ready to come pick you up and stuff. And he was dying. I was like, jeez, dude. I was when they, they showed that scene again of Cliff fucking just fucking that brought up and then and then and then Leo Rick Dalton with the flamethrower in the pool and yeah. burning that bit. I was like He's like, whoa. I was like yeah, when Rick was like, whoa. But and his reaction to it made it even better yeah. that he was like, God damn, what did I just do? You know? And everything. It that I I love that scene so much because I fucking hate Charles Manson. I hate the Manson family. I hate the fact that so many people, especially stupid fucks we know in the fucking metal scene, bro, that are like, fucking Charles Manson, that shit's so fucking cool. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that guy deserved to have his fucking jaw snapped off his fucking face and all those stupid, dumbass, brainwashed, 
fucking hippies that followed him and did what they did, horrible shit they did, their stinky ass and dirty feet. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> I got long hair, but I ain't no fucking hippie, that's for sure. And I sure as fuck ain't no fucking Mansonite hippie. <laughs> so watching them get their comeuppance and seeing them get fucking tortured and murdered instead of, you know, Sharon Tate and, and all them, loved it. I give it five stars. I fucking love that, man. So I love the dog in this movie. The dog's great. Yeah, close dog. Yeah. That that dog is awesome. Well, you're a big fan of it. Saves the I, day. I love my pits. So. Fuck yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything. I mean, this movie, oh, the the whole you know, of course we can't we gotta mention the controversial Bruce Lee scene yeah. thing. And I get it. I understand. I, it's definitely one point of view. Quentin has, especially in recent times when he did his fucking interview with uh, on Joe Rogan and other places, he's pretty much made no bones about that. He's he's fucking had it with the Bruce Lee uh, mystique and yeah. uh, story. He's just like, yeah, you know, that guy, you know, he wasn't fucking perfect, everybody, you know, like fucking get over it. <laughs> But also, I mean, my thing, I don't totally agree with him. I love Bruce Lee. I'm a big Bruce Lee fan, but, and and I respect Bruce Lee, but I understand what he's saying. He's like, look, this is revisionist history. I'm yeah. not saying this happened. I'm not saying Bruce Lee ever got his ass kicked. I'm not saying Bruce Lee would have react, would have in real life reacted this way. Maybe he would have, maybe he wouldn't have. This is my fake idea. This is my, in my head, my universe in my head, this is what would have happened. Yeah, I mean, if you watched that movie, all two and a half hours of it, and all yeah. you got out of it was, was that part. Yeah, was to be mad about that part, then you missed the point. Yeah, and I know people. We know people like, that felt yeah, that way. You're yeah. just not gonna like the movie, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> well, the documentary we were watching. Yeah. Because you, I think you came down to work on the camera or something yeah. like that. So you missed this part. Was they were talking about. A lot of people didn't like working with Bruce Lee because he whooped the shit out of them and they would be in extreme he worked, pain afterwards. He worked, yeah, <laughs> he'd he actually worked be stiff. hurting them. Yeah. yeah. He worked stiff. He would he wouldn't pull punches sometimes. Yeah. So one time I guess one of the other guys had enough of it and they went toe to toe and he ended up taking Bruce Lee down. Mm-hmm. You know, getting the upper hand on him mm-hmm. for once. And Bruce Lee really ex- respected him and you know, they were kind of like frenemies. Okay. Until he, Bruce Lee was like, that's the only person I'm going to work with. And he didn't wow. have to hold the punches back and stuff like that because they went toe to toe. He's like, I respect him now. Right. And they yeah. respect each other mm-hmm. for what they are. He's like, this is the, my double I need to be working with and everything. And that's kind of where he was coming at with that, I guess, is what they were Yeah, saying. he didn't really emphasize the friend part of the frenemy thing and I think in the he, movie. He missed that part in the movie. Yeah. Because even, um, well, he kind of touched on it because whenever Booth comes over, he's like, and Bruce is like, well, it was really, you know, a friendly talk or whatever, right, whatever right, he right. said about it. And he's like, well, the dent in the car doesn't say that. <laughs> so right. that was kind of Bruce Lee saying, it's like, no, we were just working things out. You know, yeah. that's just how we work it out. Yeah. Right, right. So I guess that was his attempt at saying that. I suppose, yeah. And that may just be backpedaling. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> getting all the backslash. But if he's been so front about it. Well, like I said, Quentin has been pretty no bones, especially in exactly. recent years. So about I don't think that he's he backpedal. No, he doesn't really backpedal. He, he doesn't respect Bruce yeah. Lee in the same way the rest of us, a lot of the rest of us do, and that's that's fine. He's entitled to his fucking opinion, right or wrong. But that is not, yeah. I mean, that to me, to me, that whole scene, it was it was cool, it was interesting, but that was almost like one of the more less 
interesting parts yeah. about that movie. Yeah. I could have like, just left out. I've been fine. Yeah, exactly. I was so much more invested. I thought the whole making of uh, of him going and guesting on that show and that's that fucking little girl that, that's oh, like- yeah. That she's yeah, like I know. she's like eleven going on forty nine, you know the yeah. way she acts and everything. Like that was brilliant. Like, and, what are you twelve? Yeah. Like so, what are you talking about? And everything, and just the way she talked. And then I love the way there started to be sort of like a growing like respect and like working relationship between them. And it's so odd because he's so not the kind of guy to be hanging out with some fucking 12 year old. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he just, but that they found this kind of thing and where he started, you know, when she started, he starts talking to her on the phone and everything and they're going over lines and like they have this and it's like, that's so bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> but they make it work, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I adore the fuck out of this movie. And, um, like I said, I got the novelization of it. I still, I'll remind yeah, me, I, I got to give it that. to you. The novelization. So I loved this movie so much when I saw it. And then I got the novelization. And in all honesty, the novelization made me love the movie five times more than I already did. Oh, wow. I need to read it too. Then. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's not like there's tons of like, wow, illuminating, but just the way things are fleshed out and the book's go- always better. Yeah, it, it really is. And it going into a lot of things that, are in Cliff's head that he's thinking and feeling a lot of mm-hmm. things that are in Rick's head a lot of, and then stuff that gets left out especially more towards the end it fleshes out more of the ending and stuff like that and it's it's really really good it's going to make you want to like watch the movie again and it's really going to make you want him to put out the fucking extended director's cut yes, please do that yeah, yeah. cuz he's been teasing that yeah i would really like to see that that's supposed to be another like four hour four and a half hour yeah i'm sure i mean you figure how much extra stuff did they have to shoot just to like do the like show clips from the tv shows or his old movies yeah there's people that were in this movie that aren't even in the movie yeah to cut so much of it i know right yeah 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 exactly so i mean yeah i definitely that's the kind of thing that i and we were talking about it earlier we were all in the car i was like you know this is even if they re-released it and they were like well we're gonna do a limited you know two week or one week or whatever the fuck it is re-release and select theaters of the four hour four and a half hour version of it we're going yeah we're we're fucking we're fucking going yeah because i really really want to fucking sit through that i'm I'm, i'll bring a fucking extra cushion for my ass from sitting there for so long maybe there'll be an intermission for us yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly yeah there could be another drink i could totally see him doing that doing an intermission because old movies used to do stuff like that back in the day you know Mm -hmm. you go see like uh, really long movies like it's a mad 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 world and stuff the old uh ensemble comedy from the early 60s and they had an intermission in the movie and Ten Commandments, things mm-hmm. like that. They would do Absolutely. the intermission. Gone with the wind, all that. Yeah, 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 right, right, exactly. So that would that would be actually that would be totally fitting for a Tarantino movie. Mm-hmm. But. I do also want to add. I love the whole ranch. Oh yeah. Thing. Yeah, the he little beats the shit out of that guy by the. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was I, like, what's gonna happen? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's so tense. Yeah, that. Yeah, that scene comes out of nowhere because none of the movie up until then has is like anything like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, yeah, that scene was amazing. Yeah, with the, with Tex and oh, all. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. That's his name. Yeah, mother, those fuck motherfuckers. That guy. Yeah, fuck all of them. <laughs> Squeaky from and ugh, I fucking God, I hate the Mansons. Anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, so 
uh, while it, it didn't make our any of our number ones, you know, it's uh, we all love it. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, I love that movie. I think that movie's great. Yeah, I want to watch it again already. Yeah, this, that's the one I was. Uh, kind of I had a hard up. time not making it number one, but yeah, just Pulp Fiction not, had to be. Yeah, yeah I get it. Well, yeah, is it, exactly. I think all of our. It's interesting that for all three of us, I think our number ones were sort of like our sentimental number ones. Yeah, for sure. Jackie Brown, Kill Bill, mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction. But then, like our next one, because I know, like you said, you went back and forth on your number two and three. Like, yeah, this could have easily been your number two. So it's it's interesting that this sort of ends up being like. The non-sentimental, right <laughs> the yeah. non-sentimental number one, we'll yes. say, yeah, yeah, that's I, true. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, so I mean, yeah, that that basically covers it. I mean, there's obviously there was other things that we know. Like I said, he had his involvement with uh, things like From Dusk Till Dawn mm-hmm. and everything, which is it's a fun movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely weird. a weird a fun. Weird, mo- <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of weird. But he had a lot to do with that. That could have potentially been in the list, but uh, you know, yeah, for me, that just sits a little bit out too outside. Mm-hmm. I toyed with the idea, but yeah, right. just landed outside number 10. Right. And think, you know, and then of course his involvement and his tone in things like true romance and, uh, natural born killers and all that kind of stuff. But no, I feel pretty good about my list. I don't, there really isn't anything I'd change other than, like I said, depending on the day of the week, there Some might order. be, <laughs> might be a little bit of change of order there and stuff, yeah. but, um, yeah. And then just, we'll end on this. Like I said, uh, you know, Tarantino is teased that he's still got his 10th movie to make. Uh, he Right now he's enjoying being a father, I guess, yeah. and everything. So he's like, yeah, I, I like staying at home and actually being involved in my family, you know, and everything. But he does want to do the 10th eventually. He's not in too big of a hurry because he's, he's standing by steadfast that that's going to be my last one. And there's a lot of speculation, and he's even kind of hinted at that the 10th one, like we mentioned earlier, might be the sequel, might be, you know, Kill Bill 3. Yeah, I hope so. I do, too, because I can't really... I mean, he might. He could always come up with something brand new, and yeah. I'd be, I'd be down... The rewrite. I'd be down with that, too, I mean, if he made something great. But I just feel like, out of all the movies he made, that's the one that really set it up. Because yeah. with, like I said, with... Uh, with the daughter, with Vivica's daughter, you know, and all that stuff. And then he has even mentioned how he would like to not only get Uma back and stuff, but like possibly get uh, Uma's daughter, Maya, Maya, uh, Maya Hawk, to actually yeah. play BB, you know, a grown up version of BB, her daughter in the movie and stuff like that, which would make sense because he got Maya Hawk to be in Once Upon yeah. a Time in Hollywood. And yeah. And BB was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, and the and the, the little girl who played BB played one of the, played the one that gave uh, gave uh, uh, Cliff the uh, the, the the joint the yeah, the, yeah the, the lace joint yeah and, oh yeah that's oh, that's that's that's, that. that's actually BB the little girl from yeah grown up now because I mean that that was filmed yeah. you know fucking eighteen years ago or whatever it was so yeah there's that there, there's a lot of really cool ways he can tie it and plus. I mean, the thing is, is one of the reasons why he didn't do it any sooner or there was never any serious plans about it was because he had a serious falling out with Uma Thurman. I don't know if you guys knew about that. He had a big falling out with Uma Thurman towards the end of making Kill Bill 2 because the one scene when she was driving um, down the road, I think when she was leaving, going to or leaving the brothel towards the end of Kill Bill 2, she was driving that big that car and she 
told him like, I don't feel real comfortable driving this. It's, it doesn't feel real stable. This and that you, you keep telling me to go fast. And I, I, I feel like I can't control it. And he was blowing her off. He was like, no, 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 no. You fucking do it. You do it. You're, you're, you'll be fine. Just quit being a baby. And she ended up getting in a car, a crash. She ended up crashing yeah. into a tree. Yeah. I remember hearing about that. And she hurt herself like really bad from that. So she says she still has like residual problems and stuff with her back and her neck and stuff to this day. And he, she felt like it wasn't cool that he did that to her. And I guess the way he sort of reacted to it. And then when she tried to get some sort of like responsibility from this film studio and stuff to help that, like he, he didn't side with her like he was supposed to. And then of course there was the whole like Harvey Weinstein kind of stuff. Cause she was not a fan of him for a long time. And he was like, Oh, that's my guy. You know, that's my, mm-hmm. now he feels very different. He has for years now. He, he, I think he, I don't remember what one of the interviews I saw him do. He came out and said like, that's one of my greatest regrets of my entire career was what went down with uma and and he's like admitted like i was wrong yeah like i was totally wrong about all of that and stuff so you know now it appears from what i understand they've kind of made some amends and they're cool again and he went and got her blessing for him to cast uh uh maya in the, yeah. <laughs> yeah in the movie and everything and uh so it's like okay, cool. Like he's sort of mending those fences, so like we can make this happen. Yeah, no, I hope he does. Yeah, I think that'd be great. But yeah, man, this has been fun. I'm glad we finally yeah, got. Yeah, thanks for to... having me on. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm happy. Yeah. We'll we'll get you back again if we find <laughs> totally. something to talk about that you actually yeah. give a fuck about. Because I know you're like, yeah, don't call me about <laughs> well, Star sounds Wars. Sounds like we got Leo right here. Yeah, yeah, maybe we can get him in on the Leo talk. And yeah, stuff. I'll do talk. that. That'd be fun. Yeah, because we've been wanting for a long time to talk about Leo yes. movies and. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones. Fuck yeah, yeah there, there is. is. We just talked about a few. Yeah. <laughs> and there's more. Um, but all right, everybody. Yeah. So let us know uh, in the comments, as always, let us know what you thought of our picks. I'm sure there's going to be bitching about it. I don't care. But there are picks. <clears throat> there are picks. Your picks. Yeah. Everybody's entitled to their own. And uh, yeah, let us know yours and why. And uh, yeah, we'd love the feedback. And uh, as always, you know, you can join us in the Geeking Squad group on Facebook. We'll have links for that and everything and uh yeah we'll be back soon hopefully we'll have some more stuff to talk to you about before the end of the year hopefully. you never you never, you never know, know with us anymore man <laughs> this it, pandemic in 2020 just turned everything on its head and we're still kind of recovering from all of that so we're trying to get stuff out there but yep thanks everybody thanks gary thank you thanks meg thank you doctor doctor doctor, doctor. and <laughs> he's like what's going on yeah and <laughs> just a bit yeah <laughs> it's a bit All right, everybody. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye.